Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me on the show today is Julian Liniger from Relay, a long-standing sponsor of the show. Uh, I've loved watching how this company has taken shape and has grown into what they have become. And they've got even more news coming out for the plebs uh, out there who are looking to increase their stack or start their Bitcoin journey. So great company, great service. Enjoy this one with Julian. Thank you again, mate, for coming on the show and everything that you are doing to build in the Bitcoin space. Uh, we do a pretty good job of shilling some of the other show sponsors here because uh, Julian has a lot of good things to say about Swan, swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten in the US. If you are US based, this is the best place to start stacking sats or to increase your stack. And if you use the link in the show notes, you will get a free $10 when you sign up with Swan. Brilliant company. And I've got Corey coming on the show very soon. And we're going to do a, uh, a rip with him. Uh, we also shill the Bitbox 2 hardware wallet, the Bitcoin only hardware wallet by shiftcrypto.ch. Use forward slash Bitten or use code Bitten for a 5% discount. If you do not have yourself a hardware wallet just yet, make sure you start doing your research right away. Listen to some other podcasts. There are some great wallets out there. Find the one that's going to suit you best, but make sure you get one because this is the best way to get your control of your private keys so only you can access your Bitcoin, get them off the exchanges and off the apps. Uh, Coincorner.com forward slash Bitten uh, forward slash social forward slash Bitten. I can't remember, but just hit the link in the show notes. That will get you a free 10 pounds or 10 euros with the first purchase of 100 pounds or euros worth of Bitcoin with the Coin Corner team. And you can also sign up, get your Lightning address, your email Lightning address with these guys. You can get your Bolt card. Danny and the team are doing great work over in the Isle of Man, really pushing merchant adoption, which I believe is key to driving education forward for uh, as many people as possible in the Bitcoin space. Bitcoinreserve.com have you covered. Uh, if you are based in Europe and you want to stack uh, via your card up to a thousand euros a day, uh, and I think Relay offer this now as well, and um, they offer a white glove service, which is definitely worth checking out. Hit up BitcoinReserve.com and the guys, they will be in Riga, I believe, and I have to shill Riga, which is in Latvia, which is the Honey Badger Conference that's coming up at the beginning of September. I'm looking forward to meeting all of you plebs there. If you can get across, if you're in the US, head to bitcoinday.io, use the code OB10 to find yourself a 10% discount and make sure you can get across to a Bitcoin meetup. If you want to come and listen to a few talks about uh, parallel structures, Liberty in Our Lifetime conference is being run by the Free Cities Foundation, put together by Peter Young. Hit the link in the show notes, use the code PRINCY to get a discount for your tickets. And get across to Amsterdam, middle of October. This one's going to be huge. 
hit the link in the show notes. There's a discount code for you guys. As always, I hope you enjoy this one with Julian. All right, Julian, we're recording. So sorry, I don't have Lauren with me today to ask you the first question. Oh, that's a pity, man. <laughs> I wonder what she would ask you, or what would I prime her to ask you? Um, what was it like in Miami? Oh, Miami was great. It was by far the largest fucking conference I've ever been. It's crazy. Like I, I feel like I have spent time on like twenty or thirty percent of the conference like i haven't seen all the stages i haven't seen all the rooms it was so big it was I, the last day when i was there i figured out that there was a second level to the whole thing <laughs> it was so massive it's crazy and then also just it was organized the american way like everything was 10 times bigger than we know it in europe 10 times more you know show man uh like uh, there was there's so much spectacular you know announcement stuff like that uh saturday there was steve aoki fucking and there was a huge festival to it like i've never really experienced something like that before it was crazy also the drinks was uh, were three times more expensive than even here in switzerland you know for negroni here you would pay maybe 15 bucks, which is already a lot for, you know, a couple of sips of alcohol. But there you would easily pay 25 or 30 bucks, like almost double for one drink. It was crazy, but it was also very, very fun. We had a great time with our team as well. Uh, obviously, you and me, uh, we, we finally met in person. Uh, I met so many great people in person that I look up to, that I, you know, wanted to meet for a long time in the Bitcoin space um so now it was great what would maybe one thing that was a bit strange to me was all the crypto and shitcoin companies i felt like it was probably more of a crypto conference in the end than a bitcoin only conference and i expected you know because bitcoin magazine and, and they do, it, it was just framed and marketed as this bitcoin only conference in the end it was really kind of a crypto conference with you know celsius having one of the biggest stands there which now they are gone it's it's pretty funny in hindsight um but yeah uh overall great experience and i i, I bet lauren would have loved it as well <laughs> she would have done man she she totally wanted to be there whether she wanted to be in the actual conference itself or hanging on the beach i don't know but uh yeah we, we hope to be there next year all of us and uh, and walking around and saying hi to all the plebs and meeting everybody again will, will you do the same again will you, will you get a booth there next year and be present haven't decided yet um i think i will just talk to the team and ask the team whether whether they think it makes sense because from a business reasons i mean we had we were sponsors a small sponsor but still we we did sponsor um so we had a booth and you know it was quite a cash outflow for us obviously um to pay for this sponsorship to pay for the people to fly there to stay there and everything um and yes we had a good outcome but i don't know if you know the cost and benefit really from a pure financial perspective add up um, so we will analyze it a bit and, you know, see what the situation is uh, because it's still quite some time until then. And then really ask the team if the team is really hyped up to go there, um, then then let's, you know, we will definitely do it and also see it kind of as a as a team trip, you know, team building, culture, spirit kind of thing. 
um, that has also a lot of value to it. But in the end, I'm really not sure yet because the, the conference itself, I don't know how much value I really gathered out of out of it because nowadays I also know most of these people that are there. Um, maybe, you know, maybe we will just go there or one or two people from the relay team will just go there, but without sponsoring. This I could really, this I could really imagine. Yeah. There was a few companies doing that as well, right? Swan were only, they, they were just walking around. They didn't have a booth. Uh, Danny and Zach from Coin Corner were there, but they didn't have a booth, but they still had their bolt mm -hmm. cards, which they were showcasing before the big launch. So there is a way to do that and just have that presence and go and network and, and have a bit of a different experience, I suppose. Absolutely. You know what Swan did? They did, I think, several parties, right, around the conference. They had like these satellite events. Um, I didn't know if that was official or not. Probably was not official. Like, but but there now then at these parties you really meet also the the great people. I was at this one party from uh, Mike Sharmut's Lightning Ventures. They threw this one party in this one uh, hotel bar. I I went there and there was almost more people than uh, at the conference itself. No, but but like really like massive amount of people and, and great people he introduced me to a lot of you know cool bitcoiners i didn't know before and investors as well so these kind of satellites and also make a lot of sense so we might you know do do it like this maybe this is the right way to do it swan uh did it quite successfully i think i was not at a party have you, have you been at this party I, I went to the Swan gig. Yes, it was great. It was on a on a rooftop uh, hotel, and there was a there was a bunch of people there, and it was just nice to hang out with with people that you've been speaking to for for so long, and and get to sit down. Like uh, Pubby and Anders were there from the Toxic Happy Hour. Uh, Andy Edstrom, mm -hmm. who was one of the the first guests on the show, and I you know never actually met him in real life, so it was great mm -hmm. um, great to hang out with people that you've formed a relationship with. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's cool that these gigs are turning up in Europe, right? We've got uh, Amsterdam coming yep. up, uh, Riga. We got uh, Serpent yep. Bitcoin in Biarritz, uh, and I'm you know lucky enough to be going to all of these and been invited along to to help uh, you know moderate some panels and conduct some interviews. So it's just more of that great feeling. It, it's like. What's worse, the FOMO of not going to a conference or the calm down after hanging out with Bitcoiners for three or four days? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I can imagine it's like coming down from Coke or something. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to any of these European ones? Will you be present there? Yes, we will be present at Riga. Um, our CTO and uh, co-founder, Adam Bilichan, is going there. So my co-founder. Um he is the technical guy from the two of us. So he's better equipped to speak there. He's going to speak uh, about kind of how our, how our solution is built, our tech stack, uh, but also how to make Bitcoin easily accessible for people that are not into tech to kind of try trying at, from a tech perspective, trying to open the eyes of the techies on how to make Bitcoin simple, finally, and accessible to everyone. That's going to be cool. And then there's also BTC Conf. Innsbruck, the biggest German-speaking Bitcoin conference uh, in Vienna. I mean, Vienna, uh, Austria. So Innsbruck is yeah in Austria. Um, and so many people from Austria, Germany, and Switzerland are going to be there. Um, and this is also supposed to be really nice. We're also sponsoring this one. Um, and I will be on a 
on the panel there as well. Really looking forward to this one. I also know the other ones that you mentioned. Um, we're not planning to to be there like officially yet. Maybe we will um, we will join one or the other. And it's also you know from a business perspective, we also need to work from time to time. So we also we can't really go to all of these, even though even if we wanted to. But we are going to a few ones, chosen ones. Um, you know, trying to select the the best and then really go for it and enjoy like one hundred percent there. Excellent. And I noticed the other day uh, a little tweet you put out. You you've partnered with Shift Crypto on a little giveaway, which is great to see because you guys were you, were you next door to each other at the the conference in Miami? Or yeah, we yeah we we had the stands shut the the booths right you know next to each other um obviously we know each other for for a while even before we started relay we already knew them i already had and i had one of the like the first bitboxes when it was even a, a kind of an mvp i guess uh, it was also not a great user experience by uh, by then but they really developed so well um so we we knew each other for a long time and then it was really clear that once relay took off that we would partner so we are also selling them like we, we're selling the bitboxes in the app obviously to people with a discount and showing them how to do it so we partnered up for some uh, guest articles for some posts for some social media gigs together and also doing uh, giveaways obviously from time to time together so for example this one we now have uh, a limited amount of relay branded bitboxes available for giveaways and also we we use them as a gift for our shareholders. So all our shareholders did get one uh, limited edition Relay branded Bitbox, which was really nice and very well received by them. And also our Relay private customers, they all get like whenever you become a Relay private customer, these are the, the, the bigger guys, either Bitcoin whales or fiat whales that are trading with us. They also get a Bitbox and we show them how to store their money in a self-sovereign way so yeah this is this is a great partnership that has been going on for for a while now i really appreciate it we really share the the you know these values uh the, really when you start a partnership with someone you just want to share on the principle level a couple of important values and if that works then everything else just works in insanely you know well so for example for us for bitbox and us it's the you know swiss made uh thought then it's the quality like high quality standards is this community uh, based uh thing and then simplicity and user friendliness is really at the core of of both of our uh identities so that's why i think it, it really works well and the bitbox o2 being bitcoin only wallet as well which is uh another huge thing it's great man like you know it warms my heart to know that uh two sponsors of the show are also collaborating with each other and building this thing out together it's uh that that's one thing that you see in this space the collaboration that, that even competing firms uh still collaborate with each other to help each other build or to you know recommend uh staff to each other it's like no other space maybe that changes over time i hope it doesn't and I know there have been some spats, uh, maybe between some of the uh, the wallet providers, but by and large, everybody's out there to just build and push this thing forward as much as we can. 
Absolutely. I feel like especially in the Bitcoin only space, it, it used to be like this kind of in the crypto space, but like this whole crypto space now got to a point where every every community kind of fights each other. Um and within they are even even within the communities, I think there are there are fights. So it's it's it has become kind of toxic, um, I feel, but in the Bitcoin space, really, if you are Bitcoin only, then you're basically in the in-group and you're in family and you partner up with each other. I mean, it's also really uh, nice how we, you know, with, with other companies that are doing the same thing we are doing. They, they Most of them came, came later, so you could think of them as like imitators or you, you could have like hate for them because they're trying to take uh, away some market share of you. But no, I mean, we're all in the same boat. We're all, we all still have a very small piece of this pie that is growing and growing. We can all have a piece of this pie. It's going to be so big in the end. You know, there's not just one bank today. There's so many banks. Um, so like this, there will be so many Bitcoin brokers and Bitcoin wallets and, uh, you know, all of these service providers will do well. And it's also good that we have competition. It's very good for the consumer, for the end user. Um, and it's also good to challenge each other um, and at the same time collaborate. So with many of these competitors, quote unquote, we also do collaborate on certain things. Um, for example, with with these uh, one guys in Switzerland, they're doing the same thing. Or a similar thing than than we do. We do share uh, 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 some information about fraud patterns, for example, because we are so uh, similar in the service that we provide. We do experience some fraud attempts from time to time because we are, you know, no KYC. You don't need to onboard. You don't need to register. You don't need to upload your ID. That makes it a little bit um, easier to to try to do fraud with with unknown people. Um, and so we are collaborating to, you know, exchange patterns and information about such fraud cases, so that we can both learn and we go, we can go bo both uh, profit uh, from each other and improve. So yeah, this is definitely this kind of collaboration, even uh, between competitors. I think is something that you really see in the Bitcoin only space. You don't see it in the crypto or even in the wider fintech or startup world at all. Yeah, and what I love about what's going on right now is uh, this this doubling down from the the ECB, uh, creating a common enemy for us to even you know stick closer to each other and and try and help each other build, especially with what's going on right now with this unhosted wallet kind of rule that they're trying to put through. Do, do you want to explain perhaps mm -hmm. to the uh, the plebs on the other side of the pond, you know what you've seen from your side? you know some of the language what they're trying to achieve what's what what's gone down so far yeah so on a high level mainly what they want to achieve is that every transaction every financial transaction is kyc and contains personal information about the user or the the one that is transacting so that they can have full control that's their that's their main purpose and they see that bitcoin is this upcoming financial system that allows for pseudonymous uh, transactions which they cannot easily necessarily track and uh, connect to personal information which they don't like so first they are trying to they were and they are trying to fight the system 
Um, for example, with they're trying to ban it for other reasons, for reasons, uh, for example, you know, sustainability concerns, oh, it consumes too much energy, a proof of work chains should be shut down. Basically, this is one attempt they're trying to do. Uh, it it failed by now, but you never know when it could come back or other kind of attacks will, will come back. So one approach of them is really to, to shut it down completely. And then the other is to like just over-regulate it as they have over-regulated the traditional financial system. And this where where this self-hosted thing is coming in. So they are already heavily regulated uh, hosted wallets or custodial wallets, bigger exchanges like uh, Bitpanda, for example, in, in Europe being the biggest custodial exchange. There it's already heavily regulated with uh, the travel rule, Mika and all that kind of stuff. And um, you can basically not do any transaction that is pseudonymous there. With self-hosted wallets or non-custodial wallets, so where the user and only the user holds the private key, there so far you could basically do uh, whatever you want. Now they also want to change that. Um, they basically want every transaction, be it a fiat to Bitcoin, Bitcoin to fiat transaction, even though it's below the risk limit, here in Switzerland, the risk limit is 1K per day and 100K per year that you can transact between Bitcoin and fiat and back and forth without KYC and without all this information. Um, they want to change that, but also the um, sending and receiving peer-to-peer -peer of Bitcoin, they want to have uh, certain information there as well. So they want to attach name, address, um, and so forth. So these KYC data to all these transactions. Yeah, this is, uh, as said, it's just an attempt to make everything 100% uh, controllable uh, for them, which is the same with uh, trying to get rid of cash, right? These, these are all the same mechanisms, all the same attempts that are going on for, for years and decades already now, unfortunately. And it, it doesn't stop at Bitcoin, unfortunately. But we... I think we can fight a lot of this because a lot of this doesn't really make sense. Um, and, you know, I hope we can get to a point where we can find a compromise because we also you know, need to approach the traditional financial system if we want to bring in a, a critical mass, you know, the, the big masses. Um, so it's certainly interesting what what's happening and is going to happen. And it clearly also shows that these are only first attempts um, and they don't really understand yet in, in detail what they are trying to regulate here. Uh, th this is also very clear. So I hope that with educating the regulators, um, we we will have more, more power. And it already showed that we have a lot of power, that we can push back things like that. We did push back in Switzerland, for example, a very similar... Um, attack i would say where they wanted to uh, push the limit even lower so this 1k limit actually used to be a 5k limit now it's a 1k limit and they wanted to push it even lower from 1k per day to 1k a month and 12k a year instead of 100k a year but we were able as a bitcoin community here in switzerland we were we, we were able to push back on this and it actually didn't happen yet but now it probably will because of uh, the pressure that is coming from the eu so yeah that's 
mainly you know an overview how i can give it from a high level perspective and not being a lawyer and not basically understanding the the details of these uh, legal and compliance and regulation stuff so how does it work for you guys then because you're you you know why kyc or you minimal kyc how have you managed to like get, get this in place yeah so in switzerland i said there's this risk limit it's called um of 1k per day and 100k per year where you can exchange assets so as long as it's a money exchange between two parties and not a money transmission where three parties are involved um, then the kyc aml laws basically don't require you as a business to do kyc up to 1k per day and 100k per year this is not only for bitcoin it's only it's also for uh, foreign currency so if you go to a bank and you want to exchange 1k um, euro to 1k swiss francs or if you just want to buy uh, a piece of gold for 500 bucks you can do that because it's just a, an exchange of two different assets um, with two parties you can do that without any kyc registration whatsoever so this has been around for basically forever in switzerland um, it's called kassageschäft Casa uh, yeah, business uh, and yeah it has been around for forever just basically in the physical world and now with bitcoin there's also a way to put this in the digital world is what we do what we did so legally we did just that and we built the um, software around it that also um, addresses the the legal and compliance requirements that there are because there are for example we need to make sure that it's a bipartite business which you can easily make sure physically but in digital world so for example that's why we need to have a, a signature in the background a proof of ownership so we need to prove that the sender of the money is also the receiver of the bitcoin right and then we need to enforce these limits obviously which is also quite easy in the physical now it's actually not that easy in the physical world as well because you can do you can actually do that you can go to several banks um, and do a 1k casa geschäft uh, you can easily do 10 or 20 of them per day and no one will ever find out which is pretty funny um, but in the digital world and because we are a bitcoin company we need to really show the regulators that we are controlling for that and so forth but basically it's really something that a, a, a legal um, niche that has been around forever and we just made use of it and it's very special to the Swiss law obviously we just took that um, and, and built the service around it which we now also because we have a Swiss broker license it is we are allowed to um, service basically the whole world we now started with Europe so we have active users in 40 European countries um, but in the end it's like for example, if we are serving a German customer who where this would not be legal in Germany, every Bitcoin transaction, even if it's one euro, needs to be KYC'd. So there can never be a company like us in Germany, but a German can easily travel to Switzerland, be it physically or digitally, and use such a service, which is nice for us. So we, we can basically bring this nice little legal niche and this very nice service of being able to buy and sell bitcoin easily within one minute without creating an account without registering uh, and from 10 bucks already we can bring this out of switzerland 
to the whole world or right now to Europe at least. Right. Okay. That was going to be my question. Uh, because the UK plebs are going to be listening, obviously, and the US plebs. Um, how does it work? Because it's, it's a lot easier in mainland Europe. You just um, attach a bank account. Well, <laughs> you'd think it'd be easy, but if you bank with, you know, like uh, traditional banking firms such as um, French banks, they like to ask lots of uh, lots of questions. But uh, for the UK plebs, obviously, they've got the the added extra problem of holding pounds rather than euros. So, how what, what's the get around? How, how have people been using your service from the UK? Yeah, so far the best way is just using a neo bank like Monzo or Revolut. Most of our UK users use Revolut because there you can just instantly exchange different currencies. So you can hold pounds, but you can quickly exchange it within one tap and basically for free to Euro and then send Euro. And that works really, really nice. We're also working on um, different things that make it easy, easier for people in other countries with other currencies to use us. So first is um, we are trying to get GBP and other European currencies like, uh, you know, Krones, Swedish Krones, Norway Krones, and all these, there are like 20 different currencies still in Europe, which I actually also wasn't even really aware about. I thought it was really uh, GBP, Swiss francs, and then obviously Euro, the rest. But it, that, that's not true. There are, there are many uh, other currencies still. So we're trying to add as many uh, as possible from them. And then secondly, what, what I'm really excited about in Q3 this year, we will come out with additional payment methods. So not only you can start the app and within one minute from 10 bucks without creating an account by Bitcoin and get them you know, once the money is there, which with a SEPA bank transfer can take one or even two days. No, now end of uh, Q3, you will be able to buy bitcoin and pay it within the app in a second with your payment method of choice and get it like instantly uh, to your own wallet like within a minute you get it actually you buy the bitcoin you pay it and you get it actually to your uh, non-custodial uh, wallet where you have the private key and you can do this 24 7 this is also pretty cool so you're really then uh, um, from a time perspective independent from uh, the banking system. You don't have to wait until they open their shops. Uh, you're really independent. So you can buy Bitcoin within one minute, uh, you know, at three in, three o'clock in the morning on Saturday, uh, whatever. <laughs> and this, this, will be, this will be really, really cool. And obviously then you also don't have the currency problem anymore. If you live in the UK or in Norway, it doesn't really matter. You just use your... Uh, so the, the additional payment methods that we will um, add are basically the most popular ones and the most used ones uh, that people just are used to in Europe, which is PayPal, credit card, Apple Pay and Google Pay. This is basically 80% of all the online payments are um, conducted by these payment methods. And we will add all of them just really, again, to make it easy for people to buy Bitcoin. This is really still our, our vision, our mission that we that we go for for two years now and we will do it for the next 10 years. Uh, just you know, make it as easy as possible for people who don't even really know Bitcoin yet but just want to try out to you know at their fingertips um, uh, get it. So this is 
this is uh, really what we what we are excited about to launch next mate that's amazing and i, I want to push something here as well like what you said you can smash by at three o'clock on a saturday morning this is a you know a lot of people miss that's liquidity right that is pure liquidity and a lot of people mistake liquidity for well the foreign exchange market settles six trillion dollars a day that's the most liquid market like no that that market closes for five you know um for two days and public holidays uh, and then you're screwed you have absolutely no liquidity zero it's gone mm. it's, you're, you're rug pulled from your liquidity uh whereas with bitcoin it doesn't matter that it is just like a, a tiny amount compared to what's being settled uh, in the in the legacy financial system the fact that it's open 24 7 and people can access it through apps like yours and and other companies out there it, it's a game changer and so many people miss this especially the wall street bros and the the investors that uh, that like to think you know that they're, they're on top of this but if you if you're managing money for example a billion dollar pension fund you need liquidity like if you cannot mm -hmm. access a market because something's closed for a couple of days and you you know you're the wrong side of position because of some kind of geopolitical event bitcoin's got you and mm -hmm. as soon as the world wakes up to this fact you know the moon's the limit yeah it's just really such an old-fashioned system right the traditional financial like the banking system is just so old-fashioned that they can open and close uh, their shops they actually there needs to be people to to clear these transactions many people need to be like awake and having a coffee and being at the uh, at the computer to do all these things required for the system to work it's not a uh, it's not a fully digital uh, system that's also why it's not 24 7 i remember when i worked at the bank uh, I, I was working at the bank for around one and a half two years uh, local swiss bank one of the bigger ones and um and I, I i did like an internship or traineeship so i traveled around different departments and one department was the payment processing department and i was shocked like that there are just this is just a huge room with dozens of people that basically get from the system all the payments that should be done and then they need to click and and kind of let them through they need to they need to do an action they need to check the payment and then uh, decide whether or not this is this is fine you know some of them automatically get flagged by the system they need to check certain things and then they can release the payments so there's there's so many people working on just making payments possible and this this is not even talking about the the whole account stuff the the, the wealth management stuff well, there's so many people alone in switzerland there are more than 100,000 bankers um in a in a country that are eight is, is only eight million uh people right there's so many uh just people working for this banking system i don't know how much it's globally but like i would imagine millions uh, of um of bankers globally which we don't need with bitcoin it's just a it's just a digital first digital native uh open source decentralized system Yes, there are some machines involved, um, and obviously some companies like and and people, some developers, um, some people who run their node, and obviously some mine miners. But in the end, it's 
really to for the system to work um operation like for the operational working of the system no one no no one is needed and that's also why it's just accessible for everyone 24/7 and no one can censor it and that's very it, it's a huge deal and i i just you know i'm very fascinated on still how many people kind of get this so what's been going on um in house you you've recently i know you just talked about q3 but like smash buys that's that's a new thing isn't it that you've just rolled out Yeah, we rolled out um, Instant Zeppa now, which is kind of a, a first step uh, in the direction of Smash Buys 24-7. That's true. So, But it's still a bank transfer. So what we have seen is that a lot of people um, still, and these are really newbie people, right, uh, that we are bringing in that are our customers, and they're still confused by the fact that, oh, Uh, I, I want to buy Bitcoin, but then I need to leave the app and open a banking app and make a payment and stuff like that. It's still a bit too cumbersome for, for most people. Um, so that's why we want to uh, add these additional payment methods so you can do it within the app. But a first step was the instant SEPA uh, that we just um, released. It was also in, in the news. Bitcoin Magazine wrote about it, uh, which is a first step. So you still need to do a banking transfer, but... The, the the three main benefits of it is yes it's 24 7 uh, so you can do actually such a transfer uh on saturday uh, at three o'clock in the morning uh two it's instant so it's processed depending is processed within one to five minutes and not within one two or even three banking days um and then um the the great thing oh sorry i i, I forgot about the third one what was the third one um oh and then there was no there's no cross-border fees so many people because they were sending to a swiss account from the country they they live in they had to pay uh some horrendous fees like some sometimes it was 15 or 20 bucks per transaction that they had to pay just because it's you know getting into another country it's still in the sepa network but it's getting into another country and that's why they uh need to pay these fees um but that, that's also over so instant no fees um, and 24-7, which is obviously a great first step. But what I'm really excited about is then smash buys through the payment uh, method that you want, because this is then really, uh, I think, a next big deal for all the uh, newbie people out there. And you mentioned before Relay Private. Uh, I didn't even know this was a service that you guys were offering. So is that pretty new? And, and tell us about it. Who's Who should be uh, contacting you? Yeah, this is pretty new, and it was uh, it started as just a satellite service, basically. Um, so we, you know, we got our own broker license in September last year. Um, so from there on, we thought like, oh, actually, we could now also do some other stuff. So first, what made us big basically was a retail uh, offering, right? So uh, obviously, within one minute, uh, very easy without registering, you can uh, buy and sell Bitcoin. Uh, from 10 bucks already up to 1k per day oh, because of the limits that we uh, talked about previously um now that we got the own broker license we could we were also able to do kyc um so we implemented a kyc process in the app so people who want to transact bigger amounts they can uh, so a couple of thousand people already uh, went through this quick five minute kyc process so now they can They are what we call affluent customers, so they can 
invest up to 100k per day. Some of them, we, we had orders 50k and 70k and stuff like that um, in the app, which is great. Um, and now, last but not least, we through this also got contacted by people saying, oh, what if I want to transact more than 100k per day we were like oh okay this is also used to, this can be also a use case okay um so then now we we launched what we call relay private which is the third segment so uh you know not only retail and affluent but also private and these are the guys who want to invest 100k plus or trade 100k plus it's from both sides you know sometimes they are bitcoin whales who just have a lot of bitcoin because they kind of started mining bitcoin in 2000 2010 or whatever and they just sit on thousands of coins and they uh, want to offload uh, some of them through a swiss regulated partner and get the cash in a clean way to their uh, bank account because of whatever reason because they sometimes they they need to pay for stuff they want to buy uh, real estate whatever um, so they need to ca- they need the cash in a regulated way, which is not that easy actually with international, you know, the big exchanges, not that easy. And with us, they can do it. We in Relay Private, we uh, have a, a dedicated account manager. He's called Dominic Butikoffer. He's he's one of our uh, employees, and he's a dedicated account manager. That's really his full time job is really to advise uh, these people. Um, and and yeah, they they really like this kind of boutique way of doing things um, where we can really from from a to z uh, uh, accompany them on on this process which is sometimes not not that easy if you want to do it through a big exchange um, you know you you need to jump through all you know sorts of uh, hoops and and with us we really facilitate this process and there's also the other uh, use case obviously the high net worth individual guy like an ex-hedge fund manager, whatever, sitting on millions of uh, Swiss francs or euros and wanting to invest uh, maybe 1 million of this into Bitcoin, which is also, again, not that easy with, uh, you know, these these people usually want advice. They want also to talk to a person, um, which, uh, you know, our uh, as said, our account manager is doing a very great job in, in you know, managing these relationships and really uh, uh, taking them uh, at the hand and so, yeah, this it's pretty new. Uh, we do it for around half a year now. Um, but uh, yeah, this guy has, has already built a very nice uh, portfolio of, of customers, which are all very happy. And now uh, the process of them referring others of their rich friends to us and stuff starts. So it's, it's very nice that we now also have this white glove kind of private banking or cri- private Bitcoining <laughs> Uh, business um, it's still it's still a satellite for us it's not uh, our we're not pivoting like, like mainly only serving um, these private guys we're mainly serving the plebs still <laughs> and we we always will but it's also nice now that we have these these three segments so basically every private person who wants to buy or sell bitcoin can can do it with us and we have the individualized customized service for them that's interesting because like like you said, it's very difficult. You know, if you have one of these people that's got those thousands of coins, if they just smash that onto any other exchange and then into a bank account, like a red flag goes up straight away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially for those guys listening in the US, that's gonna be a huge tax event. 
So is there a way then, if if there's anyone listening in the US now to be able to use your service, if they can send in the big, if they look, you know, they're in this situation, they need some fiat, can they send the Bitcoin? Well, they can send the Bitcoin to you, obviously, but how do they get mm -hmm. US dollars back? Is there a way that can happen? I guess it would be able to happen in Q3 when you've got PayPal on board, for example, but could it happen today now? It, it, or is there going to be some kind of incurred cost on, you know, the, the euros to dollars? and? Yeah, you know what? To be really honest, I would probably, if, if we, and we did have uh, some interest from, from US people. Um, and and even though I, I miss out on a business here, I would really just straight send them to Swan Bitcoin <laughs> hmm. because they are just doing such a great job in the US. Um, they they are specialized on the US market, on the US dollar, um, and they can really help you better than than we can. We are basically the Swan Bitcoin of Europe. So we can, for, for whenever you have a European bank account, we can definitely help you. If you have a US bank account, probably just, just go to Corey and say hi from me. Maybe he will pay me a beer. <laughs> uh, one day and then just work with him and, and swan bitcoin because they are just you know it's just way easier uh, with my i love it you, you've shielded two other show sponsors today first with uh, <laughs> crypto and now with swan bitcoin you have the best sponsors in the world of course you guys <laughs> uh <laughs> so what about the uk plebs then because is there a workaround for the uk plebs that have you know perhaps got that nice stack of bitcoin but they need the fiat there must be a way they can send you the Bitcoin and then perhaps that can be deposited into their Revolut account in Euro. Yes, that, that's not a problem. Even even if you have a Barclays account or whatever other UK mm. account, because we do have, um, for for the Relay Private, we do have basically every uh, currency account that you, that you would need from our Swiss bank. So uh, someone with a big stack of Bitcoin that is UK-based with a Barclays account, for example, you can uh, send the Bitcoin to us we exchange it um we do the whole registration onboarding thing that we need to do and proof of funds or whatever it's still quite a process right it's not as easy as one minute in the app it is uh, mm -hmm. take maybe a week um and so we do the whole onboarding he he or she wires the the bitcoin to us we exchange it and send it back from our swiss bank account from our swiss gbp account to his Barclay gbp account and then it will take a couple of days with the traditional banking system to settle but then uh, this this is all no problem as long as it's a european bank account doesn't really matter what currency for relay private customers for these big ones we can definitely do that then barclays will start asking the questions that's the problem isn't it on the so uh, far yeah. so far not because we're regulated uh and maybe they, they maybe they will but with these banks that we and we did like million, uh, million Swiss franc, million Europe, uh, Euro trades so far. These banks didn't ask. What what helps is, and and yeah, yeah. What I will really would advise is to just call them uh, before to, mm -hmm. to see, because these are big accounts, so they know that there are big uh, transactions coming in from time to time. And but what helps still is to quickly call them and say, you know, what what they also usually know. These banks know that uh, there are some Bitcoin transactions going on with these people. So uh, really, so far we we didn't have uh, we didn't have any problem.
All right, cool. Good to know. Good to know that there's many more services coming out that uh, are going to be able to help the plebs circumvent the financial system and what I what I believe is an absolute disgrace, capital gains tax on um, on anybody's holdings. Uh, so, yeah, more to think on about that. Mate, what's going on? Lugano, what's the word? <laughs> what's the word in town in Switzerland? Because we had the announcement and it was a bit weird. Uh, Luga coin or something. I, I can't even remember what they, they were going to call it. Mm. There were a faction of uh, us out there that were excited about it. And then there was a faction that just thought it was a bit of a marketing stunt and mm. nothing nothing to see here. What's uh, what's going on um, on the ground? What do you know? Have you been? Have you visited? Do you know anyone close to the project? I haven't visited myself. Um, I one of our investors, VC investors, is kind of involved in that thing, um, and he obviously speaks very positively uh, about it. He he went there several times, talked to the necessary people, and. There's also an event now uh, that is being organized called Plan B, which uh, I think should be pretty interesting. I think it's in October. Uh, I will be definitely there because I finally want to see, you know, on the ground what what is happening and talk to these people. So then I could definitely tell you more from my perspective right now, sitting in Zurich, which is uh, for Swiss relations quite far away from Lugano, uh, probably two hours by train. <laughs> um I feel it's like more a PR stunt, to be honest, so far. Um, they did this big announcement and said, oh, basically every company that is doing dealing with Bitcoin and crypto, please come to us. I mean, they obviously saw what happened in Zug and Zurich. These two, com uh, these two cities are very, very open, or also cantons are very, very open to Bitcoin and, they, uh, and crypto, and they did get a lot of, companies, startups, foundations, consultants, whatever, settling there um, in the end, employing a lot of people and uh, paying a lot of taxes. So obviously they, they kind of like that. Um, and Switzerland as a crypto nation, uh, they do they do push this and, and, and are welcoming uh, for cantons to do these things. I, I think mainly they are doing it for this reason and also these measures that they have taken they have announced kind of that um bitcoin is now being able to use as as a currency right so they basically tried the same thing that el salvador did but obviously as, as just as a canton of a country you cannot do that so actually nothing has changed I don't know. I think you maybe can pay your taxes now with Bitcoin. That might have been the only thing that has changed. Bitcoin and Tether. Um, but otherwise, you go there like in, I, I bet no shop, almost no shop still accepts Bitcoin. I don't think anything really changed because they also don't, they can't enforce anything. They can't make Bitcoin official currency of this canton because this is a federal decision not a cantonal decision so it was I, I feel like it was more a pr gag than anything else mainly with the goal of attracting you know bitcoin and crypto businesses uh because it's just good for this canton it's also very small like this canton 
doesn't even have one million, probably half a million, if even. Um, so yeah, but I mean, in the end, it's all everything that kind of uh, pushes this space is in the end good. There will be more Bitcoiners uh, there because of that. And I do did hear from one or two that for this fact, or because of these reasons, they actually think about moving there. Like Bitcoiners, I think also start moving there now, um, because obviously the uh, legal, um, uh, the whole you know regulatory uh, environment is very good in Switzerland. Lugano is part of Switzerland, so and now they after this announcement, they are very welcoming to to people like us. So hey, I mean. Every every activity is in the end good activity, right? But I just don't know how much activity really is behind there yet. Hopefully, this maybe changes with this quite big conference that's coming up, the Plan B conference. I will definitely be there and who's, try who's, to check it out. Who's hosting that? Do you know? Who's putting that together? Several several people. One of I just know that one of them is is um, is one of our investors, Fulgur Ventures. Uh, so Oleg Mikulski, very well-known guy in the Bitcoin venture capital uh, space. So he's involved there, but I don't know who really. And also know that the, the local um, regulators uh, are, are there and some local businesses that, that are pushing this whole Lugano initiative are also involved. Um, so it's definitely a, a good and reputable you know, conference that is worth to, to go there. But I don't know the, the details, to be honest. Okay. And what's the what's the adoption like in Zurich? Uh, can you pretty much go into supermarkets, bars, cafes, and pay with Bitcoin? Is the adoption kicked in, or is it still really like not happening? No, in t- in terms of payments, no, uh, it, no. You there are there are some Bitcoin ATMs around, yes. Um, there are some shops that accept Bitcoin and, and bars and stuff, but really not. You need to know, you need to, you know, do your research. Otherwise, you don't just find it not in, in the big supermarkets, wherever you can't. Actually, what is interesting is Bitcoin Swiss, uh, the biggest um, Bitcoin crypto broker in Switzerland and one of the biggest in Europe. They had a great or they still have a great partnership with Worldline which is hosting the software on every point of sale, basically, in Switzerland. So it's 85,000-something merchants that have, you know, just a point of sale where you can pay with your credit card. Um, And they, all of them, because they have this partnership with Bitcoin Swiss, all of them could, within a couple of clicks, accept Bitcoin. Um, But all of, almost none of them do, which is really, again, a testament to where the technology is and where the people's mindset is. I think it's really about the, the people need to change and they will change, but it uh-huh. just takes a while. It's like when the internet adoption happened, when credit card payments you know, adoption happened, this all takes decades until the new generations that understand this new technology embrace it. Um, and so I, I, I think it's still gonna, gonna take a while. There are certainly first signs um in in activity but in payments especially in payments i would say we're not very much you know far ahead in terms of um 
workshops and seminars and events and meetups and like this kind of activity is pretty big in Zurich. There's just below our office, uh, which is very central in Zurich in Langstrasse, just below there's uh, this mm, community hub slash shop for Bitcoin called House of Satoshi. There's a similar thing in Vienna called, called House of Nakamoto. Um, and in, in this house of Tatoshi, Satoshi, it's really cool. There's It's like a shop that is open from nine to five and people can just drop in. And there's always someone there advising them, helping them with questions, you know, explaining them Bitcoin. And there's a Bitcoin ATM, actually the one that is the second best in terms of volume in Switzerland is in there. So a lot of people come there and uh, just buy Bitcoin with cash. You can buy... Um, uh, you can buy hardware wallets, you can buy merch, you can buy books, everything, you know, art about Bitcoin. Um, so this, this is pretty, this is a pretty cool initiative. There are also some workshops and seminars and meetups hosted there from time to time. We have the office just on the first level of, of this building. Um, so there are these initiatives uh, coming up. I also did hear about the Bitcoin co-working space that might be uh, opening soon and stuff. So, and in terms of adoption, uh, you know, say, uh, as a savings technology, I, I still think this is the biggest case. This is the case where people, that's what people understand, like the investing and savings aspect of Bitcoin being this digital gold that you want to hold and uh, accumulate as much as possible. I feel like this is finally, this is getting into the minds of people. This is arriving on the streets of, of the people. That's what I experience you know talking to them in, for example in house of satoshi or, or or anywhere else um they understand bitcoin as this thing you want to invest in because it's uh, going to grow in value in, in in the long run um and i also saw some numbers that i think 10 to 15 percent something around that uh in in switzerland do own uh bitcoin for millennials, it's way higher. It's uh, it's around forty percent or fifty percent for millennials, and um, so it seems like, yes, it you know people are getting more access to Bitcoin. They they do own Bitcoin, and especially the younger the younger generation, the more. So it's a clear indicator of where we are going. But I still think it it just requires more time. We need to be patient. Mm, interesting. You said it's worldline, yeah. That it, that that's the point of sale machine. Yeah. Okay, we need to get um, the Ibex guys on onto those as well, uh, because the, f from a merchant's point of view, if they can just offer the customer the opportunity or the choice to pay in Bitcoin, mm -hmm. but accept, but uh, receive Swiss francs at the mm -hmm. point of transaction then all they've done is just offer their customers an extra service. Oh, yeah. It, yeah it's, it's an additional payment method. Yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's they a no-brainer. They don't see it. I don't understand. I was in a shop the other day here in the UK. Shout out to Adnams. Absolute disastrous decision. And I was <laughs> in-house there and I was buying slabs of beer. I love the beer that they make. They're a, they're an, uh, they're a brewery here. Uh, a well-known one and i said to the guy okay great I'd, I'd like to pay cash he's like oh well no you can't pay cash um i'm like okay can i pay in bitcoin and he just laughed as usual I'm like no we, we only accept card i'm like you 
what do you mean? Yeah, business decision. Head office have decided that we're going cashless. I'm like, is that even legal? Can you really even do that? You're taking my ability away to pay in pounds. Like this is oh, nonsense. Yeah. This is complete nonsense. Yeah. And then yeah. the card machine was down anyway, so they couldn't take any in-house payments. <laughs> so I said, "Well, I tell you what, I'm going to give you cash." And the guy behind me, he's like, "I'll give you cash." And that's it. Here's my cash, or I'm walking out. What do you want to do? So we we forced them to take the cash. And I was like, mate, I advise people, businesses, and uh, you know, I run a Bitcoin podcast. And this is like what you're doing is the complete opposite to what you should be doing. You should be offering us as customers more mm -hmm. options of how to pay for your goods and services, which we value. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, don't, don't don't talk to me. Talk to head office. I'm like, I'm telling you, this is a disastrous decision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very counterintuitive as well because they are saying that the only if you go to to like all the legal uh, documentations about the national bank and stuff like that, they actually tell you in the end the only actual legal tender is physical cash, right? So you should always at least be able to pay everything, including taxes and stuff, with cash but i don't think you can actually do that anymore in zurich the same like many many everything is going cashless uh every second burger shack or restaurant or whatever they don't accept cash anymore cash is dirty like if you especially since uh since covid as well this accelerated it uh a lot so anytime you try to to you know no no one really is paying in cash anymore because you will have trouble in your daily uh, in your daily life because of it and then obviously as i said the only thing they really want is is cards yeah yeah and the next step is the the central bank digital currency which uh is going to be our biggest fight of this decade which we'll lose because they're inevitable but you know they, they will speed up the adoption of bitcoin because whatever they do inevitably speeds up the <laughs> the adoption of bitcoin mm -hmm. uh what how is clown world in switzerland what's going on <laughs> what do you mean by clown world what ridiculous regulations are being pushed or um, gaslighting is going on uh in house in switzerland because uh there's so much nonsense i mean the whole monkeypox thing that's being pushed right now you know heavily and um seems to be coming out of the u.s obviously first yeah uh are you seeing any of that nonsense over there absolutely not I've, i i feel no not really in in switzerland we're, we're actually pretty happy with 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 our government how thing also now in the end in hindsight how um the whole covid crisis has been handled you know we couldn't do obviously the the forces were so big from other countries that we just had to but i think um also how we we were quite fast in lifting up all these uh, measures again and now we didn't go back to the measures even though the cases were a bit higher and now you know all of a sudden everyone kind of uh, um understands that it's not that bad like everyone had covid like twice or three times now and it's all good so and and, and the government kind of acknowledges that which and, and don't go back to these silly measures that we had before and all the masks and all the shit so um so no actually to be honest um you know should should maybe be more critical or you know as a as a, a 
as a libertarian should be more skeptical skeptical about the the government and but i feel compared to what happens in the world elsewhere switzerland is still a very sane um government and the fact just the fact that we have a a very direct democracy um and and the politicians still see themselves as servants of um of the people and that in politics not that much money and bribery and lobbyism is involved than in other countries i think this fact is i mean uh, a politician earns way 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 less than um any any private uh, organization and then the the <clears throat> the campaigns of them getting voted they are not really supported by or it, it's not even legal you can't really just pay a lot of money for someone to be voted like for example in the us <clears throat> so no i feel like here we we still kind of have our our shit together <laughs> right. maybe i should i should be more critical well it, it sounds like a utopia compared to anywhere else in europe i mean goodness me what happened in uh you know your your neighboring countries uh austria germany france all just went complete spazoid on the whole thing uh so what is it about this ape pox anyway i read about them <clears throat> a little bit in you know magazines or newspapers here and there but what 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 is happening is is is, is it just covid reloaded with some next virus oh I, i guess so just uh the next scare just to get people completely feared up and divided uh and now the who are pushing out the um The narrative that uh, it's uh, amongst the gay men community, so we're we're rehashing AIDS and HIV all over again. But mm. uh, I'm sure they'll have uh, vaccines rolled out for everybody very very soon. And mm. on to the next grift after that, I suppose. But um, that's um, that's that's really crazy. How how do how do you evaluate this whole crash that happened? Because you're coming from a financial uh you know career basically traditional financial career now bitcoin and everything so uh, i mean it was a massive crash right basically in every asset class mm -hmm. stock market crashed crypto crashed bitcoin crashed every everything crashed venture capital to be honest um is also it's very very hard to get venture capital now mm -hmm. you see the vcs um in all industries uh holding back new investments because with the money they still have they need to feed their portfolio companies and um uh you know they also have problems to raise money themselves so everything feels like very compressed since this crash happened and uh the the fed and central banks are raising the uh, uh the the interest rates again so it feels like all the this money that has flooded the system is now also compressed and held held back again um yeah how how do you how do you see this and and how do you see bitcoin uh, developing in this opinion? yeah it's um it's an interesting one because you know we like to think that bitcoin is not correlated uh well there's two two types of bitcoin i suppose there's the bitcoin that we all hold hodl on our wallets uh which is reflected in the the mempool when when all of this was going crazy uh we were actually in uh madeira a bunch of us uh and this is right around like the celsius problem uh the stock market was going down pretty heavily the um then the block five problem and bitcoin just dropping out of bed 
But the mempool, when you looked at the mempool, it was like a ghost town. It was completely empty. It was still one set per byte. Some blocks were just like, you know, hardly filled. So you could tell straight away that there was absolutely no panic in like the core Bitcoin hodlers. The panic mm -hmm. was all on the exchanges and in paper Bitcoin, whether they were in uh, like Grayscale or whatever, or just in people's um, exchange accounts that were just panicked and freaked out by what was going on in the, uh, the main legacy financial markets. And we were talking about liquidity earlier. Uh, people always flee to cash whenever this happens. Even gold takes a hit when, when this starts happening. Uh, they flee to cash first, uh, especially the... Um, you know, big hedge fund managers and, uh, you know, Wall Street bros and whatever else. It's out. Clear out these positions and get into cash as quick as you can. And then we will reevaluate once the dust has settled. So that was what was going on with, with Bitcoin as well. Um, but if you were being a good pleb and just stacking away each week with your auto buys or each day with your auto buys or month, whatever you've set up with, you can just sit back and let all of that madness rain around you in the knowledge that you're picking up cheaper sats for the amount of euros or pounds or dollars that you are committing, uh, you know, on your on your DCA. So, will this happen again? I don't know. I hate to call tops and I hate to call bottoms. I never really um, try and you know get into that prediction game. I'm not a big chartist technical analysis why would you need to be when you have the fundamentals of bitcoin which there's never there's never been anything more fundamental than bitcoin mm -hmm. uh, with the uh, with the rules set in stone and the issuance schedule known um yeah it, it's going to be volatile uh you know volatility is your friend and just keep um keep stacking away whilst you can if you if you wake up one day and you think you've stacked enough sats Reflect and reflect and think about why you started stacking in the first place, and <laughs> and you'll, you will not have enough. no no you'll get back on the horse and uh, <laughs> yeah for sure. So I don't know what 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 are your thoughts? Uh, what did you see on um, on your side of things? So yeah, I think I, I, I'm with you. I I feel like it's just another one of these opportunities where you can stack cheap sets and where you can buy the dip. And this is what people have talked about that they want, like normal people, I would say, that are quite new in the game, that they, oh no, it's too late. It's 60K, 65K, fuck, now it's too late. I would have loved to buy when it was 20K, you know. This is what they talked about. And now we are here. And the funny thing is, as usual, now they are selling. <laughs> if they have some, they are selling. And if they don't have them, they say, no, 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 I'm going to stay away from this shit. Um, and then next time when it's when it's gonna be 100k, they will be oh now it's too expensive. You know it's it's really always the same. It 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 fascinates me how people's brains work uh, because this is just how it works. It's, it's probably the same in the stock market as well. Like just because we have some longer time period here to to analyze this in, in terms of the the human behavior when it comes to investing. You know, it's always, you should buy when there's blood in the streets. It's easy. It's as easy as that. But what happens is that people panic and they sell and they freak out whenever it's um, down. And whenever things are up, they are buying more. They, they're getting into FOMO. And there, there, there's some anal analysis that, you know, the last 50 years, if you would just have bought always a little bit into the stock market and 
try to pick up some more when stock market is down, then you would just have done amazingly well. And a lot of people have done, but the majority has not because the majority has freaked out. And that's the same thing in Bitcoin. As you said, if you, if, if you are clear and educated about the fundamentals and you're in it for the long run, let's say 10 to 20 years, then it's absolute it's an absolute no-brainer to now trying to allocate a little bit more. Also not, you know, you should also not freak out, but you should just allocate a little bit more and then um just let your auto buys uh, go through. When it comes to relay, um we obviously could um observe a little bit what the users are doing. Um there are a lot of Bitcoiners within our user base. So they definitely did buy more and they also increased their savings plans, which was nice to see. And also there are some newcomers now coming in and buying because the price is low. There is this this case is definitely there. We did observe. We also observed that some people are stop, stopping using us, mainly the ones that just uh, started with us recently. They now stop again. They say, oh, this shit doesn't work. Fuck that. I'm going to sell my last sets and, and move out and never come back. They will come back uh, at one point. But uh, so all of this happens. But if you look at the last couple of months, <clears throat> when the crash happened, uh, it's it's not that we have lost like half of the business or something. Absolutely not. Like we, the volume in total, the aggregate volume was around the same and it's growing. So we grew for the last um, uh, consecutive three quarters. We, we are growing at double digit percentages quarter on quarter. And this that didn't change with the crash that when did it happen in May, I think, or June? June. June. So May was our best month uh, in company history. And then June was almost as good. So it really didn't like drastically change the numbers. So it's a mix of, yes, some are stopping, but some new ones are coming in and some Bitcoiners are increasing their investments so in the end on aggregate it's about the same diamond hands are being forged julian that's that's definitely uh what is happening right now mm. and what I, what i what i also see i think we can uh call it a bear market uh because the amount of projects that i've been introduced to just in the last four weeks that are being built behind the scenes that haven't even uh, announced what they're what they're thinking of announcing yeah or thinking of building is huge mate and we all know that the best building goes on by the plebs in the bear markets so if anyone's wondering bear markets in up your weekly buys because uh you know get them while get them while they're cheap they're lovely and uh, you, you'll be fine in a year or two when we uh when we get back to business as normal and, and head back moonwards uh, I, i'm looking forward to those green candle days but you know the red candle days are, are very important when you're trying to build your position in this. Absolutely, that's in, that that's important, and um, it's also important that we do have these bear markets to wash out the bad projects, to wash out the whole crypto shit that is going on. I do believe that in the next bull run there will be a next thing. You know, there was ICOs, there was DeFi. There was NFT and there will be another trend. There will be another uh, wave of scam projects. And uh, But it's also important that we also have these phases where they get 
washed out. And I would be interesting to hear. I would be interested to hear from you. Like, what do you see seeing all these projects? Obviously, you won't uh, name uh, them or whatever. You don't have to. But like, what's the main most interesting cases that you have um, get pitched or that you hear? They're really varied. They're really varied. One. Um... One is, uh, you know, based around um, your seed phrase. One's based around education for kids. Uh, the, um, the education as well with the Bitcoin racing guys. I don't know whether you've seen that. They're really, you know, going hell for leather, trying to get themselves into the Porsche Carrera Cup next year and get the Bitcoin sign around the race circuits in front of millions of people mm. as an education push. Uh, so it's not all about like um, hardware or software services. Mm -hmm. uh, it, what what Coin Corner did with their bulk card, obviously, that's dropped. You know, that's that's a perfect way for merchant education. And there's a company called Bridge Bridge to Bitcoin based in the UK that are doing their best to, like we were talking about earlier, going into businesses and helping them understand, like uh, that you need to be able to accept Bitcoin as payment um so they're doing uh they're doing great work um wait, what else is there off the of the top guys are fund uh they're doing great uh, a great job of allowing plebs to be able to crowdfund via uh bitcoin payments either mm -hmm. on chain or via the lightning network and they've they've got a new announcement coming out too which is uh very cool looking forward to uh, to hearing that um yeah i hope i've not given too much away uh there, there will be an announcement coming soon uh about the project going on in madeira uh which uh mm -hmm. it's going to be cool uh, there's going to be a lot of uh i hope there's going to be a lot of positivity uh coming out uh coming out of that announcement yeah definitely looking forward to that one uh, and people just building conferences and stuff like that you know mm -hmm. it's um there's so much going on so yeah much. It's so interesting to see that, you know, it really doesn't really, it doesn't depend on the market cycle, uh, whether it's up or down. The the activity, the entrepreneurial activity in the Bitcoin space is always, always kind of the same, which is also, you know, very convincing for the future of this community because they just don't care. They just build, they just go for it. They just meet, exchange ideas, being creative, um, which is very different to a lot of other crypto projects because they basically just build a lot when there's hype and then mm -hmm. they leave the project they leave the communities when when there's uh lows you know it's mm -hmm. and also the the followers on social media the the users of these projects there are only a few but all of all of these stakeholders they just leave they just leave their projects because they, they just have no loyalty most of them I mean, they don't want to talk about all of them but most of them just mm -hmm. have very illoyal communities and this loyalty of the bitcoin community uh really makes you know me uh, believe that we are on the right track and in, that we are gonna make it <laughs> there's also these people that put themselves in a position of backing these uh other projects uh too early or don't do enough due diligence perhaps they realize all of a sudden that their integrity is at stake and it could be six to nine months into a project and all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, oh shit, how am I attached to this? This is mm -hmm. like a lifetime of building up this uh, identification um, to have it hanging on this project with this guy who I now see through completely. 
they just pull away as quick as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I get approached a lot by um, random crypto bros that um, are clearly working for someone, for some ship project, trying to get their CEO or their founder on to the podcast. And I always write back to them. And I, Listen, I know nothing about you. I don't know how old you are. I don't know where you've come from. But I advise you right now, walk away from this project. Mm-hmm. Because if you're building a career and this is what you're hanging your hat on, like this is wrong. Uh, it's um, it's so dangerous for, for people to get involved in these things. Um, mm-hmm. And I just hope uh, anybody out there listening, um, you know, don't jump on the next NFT bandwagon. Don't jump on the next Web 3.0 bandwagon. Like you said, the ICOs that destroyed a lot of people, not just um, their, their monetarily, but reputation as well. It's impossible to to get that back almost. Uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah. That's a very important point I would like to stress, especially for entrepreneurs, um, but also for just employees and whoever wants to build a career. It will always be in your cv even if you don't put it in your cv it's going to be online you know people who want to co-found companies with you in the future who want to invest in you in the future who want to collaborate with you in the future on on a company um in any role doesn't matter will look at you will do its due diligence and it will be very uh he will be very quick to find out that you have been involved in Terra Luna or in Celsius or whatever. And so you also have to make your due diligence of the projects that you are working with because these project, this project is a part of your identity afterwards. It's what I always say to, to my team as well, to, to, to 20 relayers that we have now. I told them in, in Lisbon when we all met last month, which was amazing. Um, I, I tell them, look, whatever um, happens to this project, it's a project relay. Um, I, I cannot tell you if we will be able to, uh, you know, be successful in the long run. Maybe, you know, anything can happen. But for the time being that you are here, make the best out of it. Really try to make this the best thing that you can do, not only because of, you know, Bitcoin and relay and whatever, but also because of you, because you are building, maybe you're uh, working here for a year or two or three and you're young, you're talented, this is going to be a part um, of your life forever. And you will always be able to tell people about this, like, I did this, you know, these additional payment methods. I did this. I enabled thousands of people to buy Bitcoin. We we have sold more than 1,000 uh, Bitcoin, you know, in, in a year. We did that. Like, this is something you can be proud of and you can always reference back whenever you do another project in, in your life. And you always want to work on something that you are proud of, because then you will always make it to uh, to the next level. And that's the beauty about Bitcoin, like you know, b- because before, like your fiat career, you just like grind it out for another two, three, four years, you know, just whatever. Got a job, uh, <laughs> maybe if something else comes along, I might look at it. But mm-hmm. like you know, you just you're just so stuck, and you can't think and you can't be creative and you can't build uh so as as time goes by in the next 18 months more and more people more and more plebs will be freed from their fiat life and they can go and um take that risk which uh 
it, it, that's a psychological thing as well. Like, you know, most of the risks that you project might happen if you leave a fiat role, um, never ever come to fruition. Mm. And by freeing yourself and by freeing your mind and putting yourself out there, you can really open up some amazing doors. And in, in the Bitcoin space right now, just go find Bitcoiner jobs on Twitter. They're posting every day for new mm. roles for Bitcoin only companies. And it's not the devs, right? It's like that we need an office manager and we we need one tomorrow. Like, you know, mm. it's that's the foot in the door for anyone. Anyone can do that. And, mm -hmm. and then um, start building a career within this space. So it's really, uh, it's an exciting, exciting time. But I got to hit you with the last question, man. Sure. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? Again, yeah, right. I could have prepared <laughs> for this. <laughs> Only your third time on the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck. Um, I would give it to the boss of the swiss national bank because there are a lot of um initiatives now going on there was this come i think i told you about this last time this now came to fruition there was this uh, group of bitcoiners in switzerland buying some stocks you can actually buy stocks of the swiss national bank and if you have a group of 20 or more that are shareholders then you can um propose them an initiative that they have to check and document and give you uh, an answer to it uh, you know and then also uh, this this same group not everyone but many of these group went to the general assembly of uh, the swiss national bank and uh, really you know, talked to the the management there and uh, it seems like they are starting to have an open ear just today on finnews.com that's uh, the biggest uh, finance news uh, outlet in Switzerland. They wrote about, you know, the National Bank starting to do some plans just to prepare to invest in Bitcoin, especially in the times, you know, now uh, very you know, economically unstable uh, environment. And the Swiss National Bank being one of the biggest holders of euro, uh, euro, you know, crashing 30% the last uh, 10 or 20 years, whatever. Um, and, and also they hold a lot of stocks, which also crashed. And so they just really start now to think about that. And I would really like to orange pill the, the one who is responsible for this, these huge investment amount, these, these billions uh, that are invested on behalf of uh, Swiss people, because I think this would be a huge sign to the whole world. That's a great pick, mate. And I do remember you talking about that. So it's great to hear that that work is still going on. My only worry is you guys have the big boss. You have the, the final end boss sitting in his tower in Basel um, at the BIS. <laughs> the Bank of International Settlements. Would could they conceivably let that happen? Do, do they have the final say? Do you know? Like if the SNB turned around and said, right, yeah, this group of people have said, have come to us and said they want to have the ability to um, invest in Bitcoin uh, through us. Can the BIS shut that down, that initiative? Do you have any idea? Not that I know of, but um, probably not qualified to give this answer i think that the last say would probably be in the swiss government 
um, oh. work obviously very closely. I think in the end it would be a political decision. Uh, but but also the SNB is quite independent from the government actually and from everything. So I I think this the SNB can really just could could just make this happen. The problem still is that obviously they need to be very conservative in terms of the whole all the national banks. They are in in regards to them or compared to them they are quite innovative. I know they were some of the first to invest in tech stocks, for example, in like. Facebook, Google, and so forth. They were earlier than other national banks. But I feel like it just takes more time. It, if Bitcoin needs to establish itself way more. I mean, it has done an amazing job from the ICO craziness in 2017, where Bitcoin itself and crypto was such a niche still, to now where it's actually discussed in Swiss National Bank, where actually publicly traded companies put and several of them put money into bitcoin several countries now um you know deeming bitcoin as legal tender and official currency and all that kind of stuff so we have done an amazing job of establishing bitcoin in the world the last five years but it will take another five maybe even ten years until national banks actually will um concretely think about that and implement uh, that but i feel swiss national bank could actually because they are very open to such discussions and especially the swiss government you know established trying to establish this crypto nation uh, and and being in favor of bitcoin they are very open to to these things so i think it will happen and i don't think the bis or any any other institutions can necessarily stop that and it, uh, at least not officially of obviously there's a lot of politics and influencing going on that where they might be but hey even in, you know this i don't know the name of this fat guy that is <laughs> leading the, the bis but even this one will be replaced at one point uh, and at one point there will be a now millennial or a millennial sitting in his chair which will understand bitcoin and will make this decision so you know maybe it, it's taking another five to ten, even twenty years, but we as millennials that now understand, like this young generation that understands Bitcoin, will be in power of basically all of these institutions in twenty years from now. And by then, there's really no other outcome than Bitcoin ruling the world, in my opinion. And we've got—I know we've got the people on the ground in Switzerland because uh, you guys are. Um... A great bunch of guys over there, not just really, but uh, everybody else that's, uh, you know, pulling in the right direction. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting in those ears, man. It's uh, it's great to it's great to hear. It's great to catch up too. Um, we'll, we'll close it down. But before we do, make sure uh, you tell the plebs where they can come and find you and come and find Relay. What's what's the best way to do that? Sure. Thanks, man. It was a great pleasure to catch up as always. And you also keep doing what you're doing because I really love your podcast and your guests. Um, so yeah, we can you you guys can find us pretty much everywhere. Relay.app is our website. Um, we are on Twitter, we are on um Instagram, we are even on Facebook still. We are on LinkedIn. Um and you know mainly mainly on Twitter I think you know our Twitter account is 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 pretty well managed um you know hat tip hat tip to uh, Satoshi at Satoshi Baggins who is who is working for us and doing the best Twitter job and he's replying to uh, every 
PM that he's getting and also trying to reply to as many comments as possible and stuff. So yeah, uh, try to get in touch with us there. You can also get in touch within the app. Uh, we do have a support chat. Um, we do send a lot of memes there as well. Uh, if you if you ask <laughs> for it or or gifts, um, it's it's the coolest support that you can get from Bitcoin company. Also the fastest. We have a response time of below one hour with one support member. It's called Benjamin Tam. You you cannot uh, you know you cannot even imagine, but it, uh, he he's working day at night all the time. I don't know how he does it, but he does it, supporting 30k active users. That's one one person. So yeah, that's mainly. And I myself, I'm also on all these platforms. You know, Twitter, LinkedIn, and I actually also do uh, reply to all uh, the incoming messages if it's not a stupid sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not an NFT, bro. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I, I love to um, to watch you guys grow. Uh, thank you for the support of the show. Really appreciate that, as you know. And uh, yeah, here's looking to, uh, to Q3 for the next big uh, rollout that you have planned. Same to you. Cheers, mate. See you. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. Everything that you are doing to help push forward the education of Bitcoin in your own way is going a long way. You just don't know it yet, perhaps. But keep sharing these episodes, keep retweeting them, keep um, introducing your friends to this uh, new crazy idea of magic internet money. Don't give up. Please don't give up. Uh, there's some tough times ahead for all of us but when you've got people like Julian that are committed to the cause and doing the work that he and the team are doing at Relay I'm bullish as fuck uh, every day I get more bullish on Bitcoin there are so many great things being built right now behind the scenes I can't wait for these announcements to start hitting and I hope it inspires some more plebs to step up and start creating what you know is your calling and your creativity juices just need to get uh, cat, um, catalyzed, I suppose. Now I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I think I'm saying step up, let's go. We got a job to do, and that is to inspire other people to start looking at Bitcoin. And I will back Bitcoiners every single inch of the way. Uh, check out the other show sponsors. We talked about them at the beginning of the show and during the show. Uh, this is what I love about the space as we touched on the collaborative nature of the Bitcoin companies out there. You can find them all in the show notes, stacking services such as swanbitcoin.com in the US. We are lucky now in Europe to have companies such as Relay and people such as Julian building this team and leading this charge. Uh, with his co-founder Adam. We've got Coin Corner, Danny and the guys over there that just keep growing and growing and doing amazing little projects. We've got Bitcoin Reserve who are there to help you stack bigger positions if you need to. 50,000 or more gets your white glove service. Please go and check out the links in the show notes. As I said, check all of these companies, do your own research, make sure you are stacking safely. Get a Bitbox 02, Bitcoin only edition hardware wallet. You'll be able to meet a lot of these companies at the upcoming conferences uh, around Europe. You know there's one in Riga coming up, the Honey Badger. 
There's one in Amsterdam. Uh, the Bitcoin conference guys are putting that together. B.TC conference forward slash Amsterdam. Use Bitten for that one to get a discount. And Liberty in Our Lifetime as well. Use code Princey to get yourself a discount. Get along to these places and start meeting plebs. Start building together. You will find people who are in the same niche and mindset as you are and you can start building companies together. Uh, BitcoinDay.io run monthly meetups across the US and there's Surfing Bitcoin coming up in Biarritz as well. I'll be at all of these conferences. I can't wait to meet you plebs. Take care and look forward to the next show.